0: Welcome everyone. Welcome to Sunday Morning Church Online. Uh, We have a very special treat this morning. Uh, We've been in our series, uh, The Triple Threat uh, to Love and Happiness, uh, dealing with uh, threats to our uh, most important relationships, uh, which are usually our most intimate relationships, And so, uh, this morning I'm joined by my wife here, Jenny, and, uh, she's going to share a little bit about, uh, our story and her story, her testimony a little bit, uh, because today we're going to be talking about the third of the three threats and that is fear. Um, on week one, we talked about, uh, hurt as a dynamic in a relationship. Uh, how do you navigate, uh, the the reality of woundedness or hurt in a relationship, how do you move forward in that, and how do you walk with someone who has been hurt either uh, by your own actions or by things out of your control. And then last week we looked at anger uh, as a dynamic in relationships, as a normal dynamic of relationships, but one that has the capacity to uh, do a lot of damage. I know that we have over time... <laughs> Uh, had lots of opportunity to do harm to each other uh, with uh, our anger. Uh, Anyways, and then this morning we're going to talk about uh, fear as a dynamic in relationships. So I'm just going to give a little bit of an introduction and then uh, Jenny's going to share a little bit about uh, her story, uh, her testimony, and then we'll talk a little bit about how we've navigated actually uh, all three in our relationship. Fear is talked about all through the scriptures. Uh, The the term fear or afraid is mentioned or used like several hundred times in the scripture. Um, Two of my favorite examples of fear and its consequences uh, in the scripture, Um, one of them is when God calls Moses in Exodus chapter 4, he says, Moses, I've got a plan for you. I'm going to take you uh, to deliver my people uh, out of slavery. And uh, Moses says, I'm not the guy. I can't do that. I'm not equipped. And God says, No, you're the guy. I'm going to do it. And He says, No, they're not going to believe me. And he says, No, they're going to believe you. And he says, Well, I don't have any, you know, authority by which I could do that. And he says, No, I've given you authority. And then he finally comes down to it and says, you're the person I want you to go. And Moses puts his foot down and says, no, I can't do it. It's, I'm too afraid. And it says that God actually became angry with him. Uh, Another example is when King Saul, the first king of Israel, is facing uh, the Philistines. They're about to attack. His people are all afraid. They're starting to scatter. They've been waiting for seven days for Samuel, the high priest, to come down and and offer sacrifices Um, and uh, it wasn't Saul's role, but he got afraid and he said, well, I'm just gonna have to do it. And so he offered sacrifices inappropriately um, out of fear. So in those two examples, Moses refused to do something that he was called to do because he was afraid. Uh, uh, Saul did something that he was not supposed to do uh, and he did it because he was afraid. So fear can have either one of those effects. It can cause us to retract and refuse to do things that God has called us to. It can cause us to step out and do things that we know uh, we're not to do. So um, really, in uh, the whole entirety of Scripture, the testimony of Scripture, there are two truths about fear, and I'm just going to give them to you right off, right out of the gate, um, and then we're going to unpack relationally uh, what that looks like. But there's basically two Instructions regarding fear through the whole Bible. Um, the first one is that we are called to fear God, and the second one is is that we're called not to fear anything else. That's the that's the sum entirety of the whole uh, testimony in Scripture uh, regarding fear. I'll give you a quick definition. Uh, this is a dictionary definition. Fear is an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous is likely to cause pain or uh, represents a threat. So it's an unpleasant emotion uh, because of a perceived threat, uh, a danger. Uh, Something is going to cause me harm. I remember years ago uh, when my brother Jason and I were moose hunting, sitting in a muskeg, and a grizzly bear snuck up behind us and closed the distance before we were aware that there was a bear there. And um, I experienced an unpleasant emotion uh, caused by something that uh, had the potential to cause me pain, something that represented a threat. That's fear. Um, I would differentiate uh, that kind of fear and the fear of God only in this way. And that is that uh, biblical fear that we're supposed to have in our relationship with God is the firm belief, the conviction that takes root in our heart, uh, that God is the greatest danger to whatever is of danger to me. So anything that exists in in my reality, in my world that's a threat to me, God is the greatest threat to those things because God has ultimate authority and power over those things. And so uh, that, that is the biblical fear of God is recognizing his ultimate power over my existence. So uh, that's basically the background. Fear God, don't fear anything else. Um, the fact that it's commanded uh, in scripture that we're given the command not to fear tells us that God has given us some control over it. So we're not uh, powerless against fear. We're actually told uh, to take ownership of fear to take control over it and, and rid our lives of fear. So, but, uh, as you know, if you struggled with fear in your life, that's easier said than done. Mm -hmm. So, uh, fear is a dynamic that, uh, we've dealt with in, in our relationship. Um, but, uh, I've asked Jenny to share just a little bit about uh, her story, which some of you, uh, know already. Um, but, uh, so, your story as far as the cultivation of fear uh so the first again i'm going to ask there's basically going to be three questions that are going to guide uh, our time so the first one is uh, how was the seed of fear cultivated in your life through your experiences
1: um when i was 10 months old my parents moved to the philippines as missionaries and um so i was an mk missionaries kid and I, I uh, loved it, I had a great experience. Um, I, the tribe that we, that we ended up uh, ministering in was way down at the bottom of the Philippines, and um, we also uh, homeschooled. Way
0: down at the bottom of the Philippines. Yeah.
1: We homeschooled, but we also had the option of going to boarding school through our mission, and so I did both. And I enjoyed both both um, ways of schooling. So um, the seed of fear, I believe, started uh, when I watched the relationship uh, of of one of my uh, my dorm parents. Um, one of my dorm dads was abusive in a sexual way to both the girls and the boys in our dorm. Um, I started going there when I was in second grade all the way through uh, seventh grade. And so there was abuse there that was happening. And all through it, the marriage stayed intact, but it was just secretive. Right. And so...
0: So he had a a private life going on that she knew nothing about. Right. Right.
1: And both of them were very strong believers, and he was our Bible teacher and would, you know, give us our Bible lessons too, and then at night, it was just a different story, and she, the wife, was um, very, always taught us to be pure and told us, uh, gave us lessons and um, all sorts of things, how to grow up and be um, just good women of God. And so seeing this double life, uh, I tucked that away as thinking, wow, you could have both. You could, have, you could be in ministry and um, loving the Lord, but also not satisfied in your marriage and um, finding other ways to be satisfied as a man.
0: Right. Kind
1: of labeled men that way. But I tucked that away and I, I probably didn't remember that I thought that about men until after we got married.
0: <laughs> right. So that was like those experiences were basically like training experiences for your heart during that time. Right. Here's this example of uh, someone who not only betrayed trust, but betrayed trust at a, just an incomprehensible level to pursue gratification of something um, despite the appearance of things being healthy, right? right? So the specific fear that was cultivated in your heart that time wasn't necessarily fear of, like, future abuse in that way. It was fear of being the wife, right? Right. Yeah.
1: Fear of um, kind of playing the fool. Right. Like everyone else kind of knowing, but you being, you know, the good wife or the faithful person person but then having um your husband or significant other um leading a double life
0: yeah so in our relationship um as these uh as these fears after we got married these fears started to surface uh what if my what if my husband is the same as this other person um and uh so she of course uh in our relationship would express those fears and uh, i like a normal person did never want to talk about it and <laughs> and so um i uh i was more of a an internalizer you were more of an expressor. and uh over time um she would express fears that i would internalize as as hurt and so i would I would withdraw further in the relationship, which of course gave the appearance that uh, her fears were legitimate, right that her husband was was distance uh, distant from her so uh that now we both we both know of course that, that those events are not the cause of the battle against fear, but those events cultivate right a seed of fear um we both are wired differently, and so our weaknesses have to do with how you know, God has made us and wired us. But certain experiences certainly um, strengthen and develop those struggles. So that that was a significant event. That's how the seed was cultivated in your life. Um, so then as that surfaced in our relationship, what did it look like for you when you started like realizing that was there and then cultivating it on your own. What did that look like?
1: I think that at that point we didn't have a lot of like people around us to kind of bounce. Like, is this normal or um, kind of like, like nowadays so so long ago nowadays (laughs) it's, it's very normal to have a, a mentor or a counselor that you would say, Hey, you know, this is what I'm feeling. Set me straight. But I think that, um, when I got married, I all of a sudden felt this, this need to control, um, and to keep all, to make sure and to be responsible that you were telling me that everything, like everybody that you had talked to or ran across that day. So then that just became so burdensome. Also, I had all day to like, let my imagination run and I allowed it to instead of just, um, refuting it right away. I was kind of let it sit there and kind of think about it and ruminate. Yeah. And, and you were also a youth pastor. Right. So, um, with young people all the time. And I think that, and I don't know if I really like connected all the dots, but it was very, um, similar and, Uh, I allowed it, I did allow it to come and take root. And then I would act on that too. Like verbally when you would come home, I just let myself kind of just say whatever I wanted. I didn't, um, respect, (laughs) you know, um, so I think that was, um, not, not let, not really taking those thoughts captive, but allowing myself to go down every rabbit trail of suspicion
0: and that like by pursuing all of those possible rabbit trails that just eliminated the fear right away <laughs> oh
1: if that would have been the
0: case <laughs> <laughs> um so by by actually tuning into the fear and exploring uh like okay my my situation is causing this fear i'm gonna just like dive into that, that didn't actually, that actually cultivated the fear over time. Right.
1: Because you could never remember every single person that you had ever. So by me, like trying to quantify that or make, you know, say, tell me everything you did today. Obviously there were going to be times when you couldn't remember or you forgot. And then that just made me even more because I had already fed into it so much that every little detail became a big, a big deal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And part of the dynamic um, that I described earlier is that, uh, so we were addressing um, two primary dynamics. So she was wrestling with fear and then I was wrestling with hurt. And in my hurt, I would justify responding to her in a particular way. Well, you've you said something that was hurtful, so therefore I'm justified. And she would say, well, you did something that is making me fearful, therefore I'm justified. And the way that that would be expressed is in anger. And that was how our conversations usually ended up, was that we were both angry at each other. Um, and like I said last week, we were very imprecise in our expressions of of anger, rather than really being able to focus in on what is causing Uh, what is causing this issue, we would kind of, we had a tendency to sort of uh, (laughs) drop too many bombs on the problem, right? And then end up even more wounded through that, through the process of trying to navigate it. Um, So uh, as you were cultivating fear, which is the topic of this week, this week I was actually on my own cultivating my own hurt and justifying withdrawing from it. Well, it's not worth it. It's not worth tuning in because, uh, or being even like loving and supportive. It's better for me if I just withdraw, like, right. And kind of close myself off Mm -hmm. both of which of course are destructive. Um, so then the third question is, what did it look like for you to start, uh, pulling fear out uh, by the roots. If if tuning into the fear and just kind of like going into all of that didn't solve it, what, what I guess not solved it, but how did you start taking steps to, to uproot that in your life?
1: Well, I think for me, um, I had been so busy trying to protect myself against something that you really can't protect yourself against, someone right. else's actions, that I... I realized that there was going to be no end to um, to striving and not getting what I wanted.
0: Right. So... There um, would always be reason to be afraid. <laughs> right. Right.
1: And um, if you're waiting for someone else to help you not be afraid, that they're always going to come up short sometimes. Right. And so then you'll always have that potential for being afraid. So I had to rest my um, security on something else, which was ultimately the Lord and his, his protection of me and, uh, the truth that he, the things he said about me and the things that he said he would be for me, yeah, which was so spending more time focusing on the truth of the word and also, um, loving Aaron by serving you and, um, focusing on what could I do to put into my marriage and yeah. build it up, um, instead of trying to protect myself. So, so some of that was even just taking my fear all the way to the end and thinking, well, you know, what would happen then? You know, like, yeah,
0: worst, I, w- I would
1: I wouldn't just keel over and die. No. Yeah. And then working my way back from that. And, um, realizing too that if for some reason you were unfaithful to me that that was that I should have a heart of compassion before you know before that to help you not not end up there yeah <laughs> that um and so being a little bit more mindful of you in the whole process um, that was that was something I know that I I started taking some of those other things into account the truth of the word, um, focusing on you and not so much of self-preservation. And, um, and I did start reaching out to somebody that would keep me accountable for the things that I said and, and did in the relationship.
0: Yeah. One of the things that changed and you kind of picked up on this and what she just said is that when tuning into, okay, this is the source of my fear. So if I can eliminate that source, right? So fear is an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that that someone or something is dangerous, that they can cause me pain and harm. Um, So by, by zeroing in on the source of that fear and trying to eliminate it, that actually proved destructive in our relationship. What happened instead was coming to terms with the fact that I actually can be hurt in this relationship. Um my my husband and in my case my wife can cause me harm. They have that capacity. What then? Um I I am responsible before the Lord, right? Because the fear of God, like I said earlier, is the belief that God actually poses the greatest threat to those things that are a threat to me, right? That he is the he is the a higher power. And so I need to, uh, look to him. And interestingly enough, as, so as Jenny is taking her focus off of her hurt and, and focusing instead on, or er, on her fear and focusing instead on serving, right. in obedience to God. So, um, I cannot guarantee that my husband doesn't pose a threat to me in the future in some way that could cause me harm. What I'm going to choose to do is to serve and love him in, uh, and uh, to do so in obedience to the Lord. And, and in, my, in my situation, that was happening in regards to my hurt. I can't guarantee that my wife won't say or do something towards me that, that uh, won't be hurtful. So what am I going to do about that? Right. Um, I can choose now to, uh, to love and serve. Right. And I want to add just a, just a, a little caveat here, um, for those people who are in very destructive and perpetually abusive relationships. What I am, I'm not suggesting that In an environment where there is a threat to your um, well-being, you should just stay and just, you know, put up with it for forever or whatever. Uh, In our situation, this was within the range of normal challenges uh, which were only surprising to us because we had never addressed them before, right? There was nothing, there was not something nefarious going on under the scenes. We were dealing with what our normal growth challenge is and then trying to navigate that. Um, in, uh, let me pull up my verse here. There's one that I wanted to read and then there was one that you were going to read. Um Oh, I deleted it. Anyways, it's Psalms 23. Uh, In Psalms 23, um, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, uh, I will fear no evil because you are with me. And essentially what David is saying is (laughs) that I anticipate that I will walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Not that my, my faith in God prevents me from that experience. No, I will walk through it. But the reason that I won't be afraid is because if I find myself in the valley of the shadow of death, then I'm going to operate on the assumption it's because God has a purpose for me there and his presence will sustain me in the valley of the shadow of death. Right. Mm -hmm. So just like uh, Jenny wasn't able to eliminate her fears by focusing on those things that could make her feel fearful and trying to eradicate them. It just wasn't. It wasn't uh, possible to fully do that. In fact, the more that she tuned in, the more the bigger they seemed to get in her own mind. Um, but when recognizing that, wait a minute, God is the greatest authority in my life, and His presence will be the thing that sustains me, even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And then tuning in, I know that you've talked to about. Like the process of taking every thought captive and replacing it with truth.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That um, that's kind of a a broad a big thing to say that. What does that mean? But um, the scriptures, uh, the Bible, it's just it's just very practical. Reading it and believing it, yeah. and taking small chunks of it, and. Um, carrying it with you through the day. Yeah. Um, filling your mind with things that um, whether it, it is the Bible would be my number one, but also good books or um, even friends that are going to be speaking that into your life. Yeah. And then just taking it at its word and believing it, not just thinking that it's, you know, speaking to someone else or yeah. something like that. So um, anyway, just did you want me to sit?
0: Down? Yeah go ahead.
1: Just something um, that really kind of popped off the page for me was in John 16 where it, it does talk about in this life we will have trouble it, it, it will happen it happens to the believer, the non-believer it happens right. to everyone, the rich and the poor um, but God has overcome the world yeah and that he gives peace and that for me was just so it was just such a revelation right that um it's not that we're trying to get away from something so fast that's not the redemption in it that we were able to somehow miss the bad stuff but it's in the bad stuff that we flex our muscles and it's our workout and we we do come out of it with that nugget of um whatever God wanted to teach in that moment that we wouldn't have found anywhere else. Yeah. And I do feel like I come out of those circumstances and I did come out of that circumstance of fear with such treasure for a life.
0: Yeah. When he says, I have overcome the world again, that's, that's biblical fear of God is recognizing that God, uh, because he is ultimately powerful that God is the greatest threat to everything that threatens me, right? And so if there's if there is a threat that he and his sovereign will has allowed to remain present in my life, a source of fear that maybe comes to fruition, my confidence is that uh, he is in control, that he is sovereign, um, and like Psalms 23 says, that he is with me, right? That he is near me, that He has not forgotten or abandoned me, but he is accomplishing something that even if I can't uh, immediately see it. So uh, that's uh, kind of a a little bit about uh, our process going through that. We have dealt in our relationship, uh, we have dealt with hurt, uh, we've dealt with anger, and we've dealt with fear. And we have found again and again that oftentimes those issues are related to each other in some way in our relationship. One of the things I would add, too, is that I know for you and I, in dealing with fear and dealing with hurt, um, uh, sometimes even in my own woundedness, I would uh, I would say that I have a tendency to even be uh, maybe melodramatic, like... Overly enjoying being, you know, like oh, now I get to excuse my own behavior. Um, but uh, um, in in navigating uh, hurt and fear, it's difficult sometimes to own those realities. Whereas anger is easier to to own. So, for example, if I were to say, "Wow, that that really hurt me when you said this one thing," that's a very vulnerable position to make or to say, it kind of makes me afraid when you do that or when you say that, that's a very vulnerable position. And to avoid that sense of vulnerability, we would respond with anger instead. And uh, the only reason I share that is because oftentimes anger is a superficial layer uh, that uh, underneath which is uh, a vulnerable person who is having a difficult time coming to terms with what's really going on inside of them. So, but regardless of your challenge, regardless of which one of those threats is the most significant for your life, um, the way forward is to acknowledge the challenge, right, to pursue quality resources uh, individually and even as a couple, and then as required to humbly confess uh, your own failures and struggles in that journey together. And if you do that consistently over time, then you'll end up perfect <laughs> like we have. Just kidding. Uh, if you do that, if you multiply over that uh, that over time, what happens actually is that you develop a sense of like awareness that we're working together to address these things that threaten uh, our experience of the love and happiness that God intends for us and we tend to support each other in that. She knows my weaknesses and where I tend to get tripped and can support me in that, I know hers, and we can work together uh, to support each other even as we uh, struggle to overcome. So for those of you who are watching, uh, we're praying for you that you would uh, continue to grow, to hear from the Lord, um, and uh, that you would fully experience uh, in your relationships Uh, the love that God has made available uh, through his son, through his cross. So God bless.